Get into the uh, second hour of a Wednesday show, hump day, middle of the weekday, over the hill day. We're now closer to Friday than we were on Monday. Uh, it's 39 degrees, six minutes after seven. And uh, rain today, tonight, we fall to about 20% chance of uh, rain showers. Uh, tomorrow, mostly sunny. Friday, sunny. Saturday, sunny. And by the time we get to the weekend on the uh, the 15th, which is my birthday, by the way. It will be sunny, of course, because that's the day I was born on. And the uh, high temperature will be 55 degrees. For your uh, Valentine's Day, by the way, on, on Friday, it'd be sunny, but a high of only 40 degrees. So it's going to be a little bit uh, nippy out there and going to have a low about 28 degrees on Friday night. So keep that in mind. Let's head up to uh, Washington, D.C. Joining us is Congressman French Hill. He does this every Wednesday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's always a pleasure to have him on. Congressman, how are you? Good morning, Dave. Uh, you stayed, didn't stay up too late last night, I hope. Yeah, I stayed up to 10 o'clock, and I'm, I paid for it when I had to get out of bed. Uh, but I, I feel good now, so I'm, I'm doing fine. But uh, let's talk about last night in New Hampshire, and I don't want to talk about the Democrats. So Bernie Bernie won, but uh, Mayor Pete was close behind him. Klobuchar's in the 20 percentile, and as we knew, Biden ain't going to get the nomination. Uh, he, he, he lost uh, significantly last night. He's going to South Carolina to try to save himself. But let's talk about President Trump, because you know as well as I know the enthusiasm of the electorate is very, very important. And back in 1984, President Reagan pulled in about 84% of the Republican vote and then went on to victory against Walter Mondale. Uh, President Trump, uh, with about 92% in when I looked at this, had 85.5%, and now I understand he's at 86%. But the big, big one is how many votes he got. Uh, Congressman, check this out. Barack Obama, back in 2012, got 49,080 votes. George Bush got, uh, a few years before that, got 52,962. Ronald Reagan, 65,033 and 84. Bill Clinton, 76,797. Now, those last two, those were pretty significant. But let's listen to what President Trump did. 114,466. Oh, my gosh. That's huge. I think I think he's over 120,000 now. Wow. As of this morning. It's uh, huge. Uh, and I guess he would like us to say that word, huge. <laughs> but um, that's a big, big uh, turnout for Trump voters for an incumbent 
president for a second term. You showed the math, but also the I thought the numbers were depressed over on the Democratic side. If you looked at Bernie's performance against Hillary, for example, back when it was a two-person race last time. So the Republican enthusiasm is high. The Democrats are split, and they've now nominated out of of, uh, New Hampshire a Democratic Socialist. Mm -hmm. So they're a fractured party. I had Aaron Perrin on today, who's one of the spokesmen for the Trump party and uh this is a fractured party badly you got all these people who don't want sanders to be the nominee uh and so you got you know mayor pete and you got klobuchar who are down there with uh, about uh, i guess what 46 ish percentile mm-hmm. when you add them together and everybody's saying see now when one of them drop out they'll pick up all the votes of the other do you remember four years ago people saying just the exact same thing that when these other people would fall out, they would coalesce around the, the conservative Republican, and that's not what happened? People ended up in Trump's campaign? Exactly. I mean, I really think you're seeing, you know, just two sides of the same coin. I think Bernie has uh, passionate supporters. President Trump yesterday said, uh, you know, he thinks he'd rather run against Bloomberg because he doesn't have any followers if he buys his followers because Bernie's the one with the passion. Uh, Of course, it just stuns me that the American people uh, in these numbers are supporting people who are for government takeover, higher taxes, single-payer health care, ending our energy independence. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's surprising. Yeah, well, it's beyond surprising. It, it's just, uh, and the polls are, clearly we've failed in our education system, and we have a lot of work to do. And I think President Trump looks forward to that contrast between a market-based capitalism and strong national defense and jobs and rising wages and lower taxes. Uh, I think he looks forward to that contrast. And it allows him to talk about his vision for how to <clears throat> preserve a competitive healthcare system with lower prices and more competition and preserving all the things that are important to Americans, which I think is access, uh, pre-existing conditions and lower prices. That's what everybody's talking about. And yeah. There are ways to do that, but you have to have a mandate to do it. You have to have bipartisan support for it because we, we can't get those sorts of major changes through Congress on just Republican votes. All right, so I know that you, being in the House, are keeping your eyes on this. Is is there still a chance, or and maybe it's even better than a chance, that Republicans can take the House back? I think if we have a the kind of voter enthusiasm you saw last night for uh, Donald Trump in New, New Hampshire, and you have this stark contrast between moving the country forward uh, and moving to Swedish socialism, I think we'll reelect the president, and I think we'll take the House back. And I think I say that based on looking at the 51 major swing districts in the House. 31 of them are in districts where Donald Trump won significantly, and the Democrat who won that congressional district won by less than 1% of the vote. Just a few thousand votes uh, separate us taking the House back from it being maintained by Nancy Pelosi. Well, I got to ask this question because maybe you can explain it to me. Nadler has been making, 
he's been rattling his saber that they want to take another bite out of impeachment. And I'm I'm sitting there listening to this guy talk, and I said, "Haven't you learned your lesson yet? Is is he really serious? Do you believe?" I do. I think I think these committees are planning oversight hearings and continue to uh, head down that road. Uh, just it's it's just what their DNA says they do. They're not proposing any policies that are bipartisan that help move the country forward when it comes to health reform or immigration reform, two of the biggest, most important and complicated subjects before us. They have not, they're not moving bipartisan solutions there. And it's just every week, a messaging bill, a political partisan messaging bill that they hope their candidates can go run on in a democratic primary. That's what it, feels like to me every week uh, that I've been here for the past uh, year and uh, a month. Now, I've been listening to the the talking heads talk about, well, you know, the voters coming to the polls, everybody says the number one issue on their mind is health care. And the uh, the Republicans haven't done anything about health care. And I, and I think to myself, well, you know, when the other party won't sit down and work with you, it's hard to get anything done uh, concerning yeah. health care. We've, we've, we've voted for, during the Republican majority, we voted for many proposals to lower drug prices, to preserve pre-existing conditions, to increase competition, to break the insurance company's monopoly pricing in the states, uh, to let small businesses form their own insurance cooperatives to lower prices. But we don't ever get any Democratic support, and we have you know, a mixed bag of support in the Senate. And the Senate obviously has to have 60 votes, 6-0 votes, in order to move a health care reform out. So that makes it more challenging. But the president has talked talks about this almost every week. Uh, we did get surprise billing through, which I thought was great. Uh, you cannot be in the hospital, uh, have a uh, come out of the hospital, and suddenly they had your surgeon be out of network and hit you with a surprise bill that wasn't disclosed and planned for. That's good. Uh, we have a bipartisan drug pricing bill that the Democrats just sidetracked. They wouldn't vote on it. Uh, we had to we had to propose it as an amendment to their price fixing bill. And um, so, look, this is why the president. If if you said what is the next term of President Trump look like, what will he try to do? I think he'll continue to make progress on trade. He'll continue to have a regulatory and tax environment that promotes economic growth. Uh, he will work. I hope to reform. Uh, all the long-term mandatory programs out in the future so that we have a more sustainable budget. And I hope he will lead an effort to get bipartisan solutions to part of the broken immigration system and the most frustrating thing of all, the cost of American health care. Let's take a break, uh, Congressman. When we come back, I want to talk about these uh, visitors that you hosted here recently here in uh, Arkansas from the UK and dealing with religious freedom. Kind of be interesting to talk to you about that. We've got that battle going on here in the United States, and I'm sure they've got that battle going on in Europe. We'll talk about it when we return. Congressman French Hill is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer, 39 degrees, got 17 minutes after 7, and this is the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. Spend French Hill and Congressman National Prayer Breakfast was last week. You had some special guests with you. Tell us about that. 
Well, every year, uh, people from over 140 countries come to Washington for the National Prayer Breakfast. It's been going on since the Eisenhower administration. It's a tremendous opportunity to bring people together on the topic of uh, believing in God and sharing that around the world. And I had my guest last uh, week was Raymond Chisty, who's a member of Parliament. He represents Kent down at the mouth of the Thames in England. And he is Boris Johnson's special envoy for religious tolerance or or belief, which is the same job that former Senator Sam Brownback has for the United States. So he represents the U.K. on promoting religious tolerance. Obviously, the United Kingdom and the United States work on that a great deal together. President Reagan said that, uh, you know, religious freedom was not social work. It is a fundamental tenet of Americans' foreign policy, and Mm -hmm. I certainly believe that, and Raymond does too, and it was a pleasure to have him here in the U.S. Now, I didn't know that you were on a special uh, caucus dealing with Middle Eastern uh, uh, issues going on with religious freedom. Is that correct? (laughs) Well, yes. The most persecuted religion in the world now are Christians, and I know that surprises a lot of people, but it's uh, it's a fact. And one of the largest populations of Christians that are persecuted are in Egypt. It's the Coptic Christians. So the Coptic Church was founded by St. Mark uh, there at the Nile Delta in Alexandria during the Evangelist period. And uh, it's about 15% of Egypt's population. Egypt's getting ready to approach 100 million people in the country of Egypt. So the United States gives Egypt about a billion dollars a year for defense assistance uh, for their partnership with America in fighting terrorism and maintaining some semblance of stability in the Middle East. And so in that, we have to certify every year that they are a good human rights partner also with the United States. And that's where my resolution, the House that has 70 co-sponsors, calls on uh, President El-Sisi to make sure that Coptic Christians in Egypt are treated with tolerance and equality uh, in their country. We've only got a few moments left. I I wanted to ask you if you were aware of this new piece of uh, immigration bills that the, 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 the Democrats put out uh, called the a new way forward or whatever, and they've, there's several uh, Democrats that are on this. Uh, AOC is seems to be one of the big people pushing this. Garcia of Illinois, and uh, it is one of the most uh, asinine and aggressive immigration bills that I've ever seen. In fact, in this bill, it says that if we deported you. Uh, you can get another hearing, and then uh, we have to fly you back to the United States. Have you have you seen this? Uh, unfortunately, yes. I read it two nights ago, and I was stunned. Garcia is a new member of Congress from Chicago who is the sponsor. It has over 40 co-sponsors. And this is another sign that Nancy Pelosi is not looking for bipartisan solutions. She's looking for left-wing uh, open border policies to help her most liberal members out there in primaries and with the far left in the United States. And it's it's really uh, a shocking piece of legislation. It's going in the exact opposite direction of where people for the last 10 years have been trying to build consensus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is essentially an open borders bill. Yeah, I, I saw a banner. It said, no borders, no nations, travel freely. That's pretty scary. 
uh, 40 co-sponsors. And, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it, the details, I encourage your listeners to go check it out. It's, you'll be shocked when you read the fine print. Yeah, we've got it. We've got it on my Facebook page for everybody to look at. We had fair on yesterday talking about it. We talked about it, uh, as well on Monday. I'm not, uh, I'm not going to let this one rest. I'm going to be all over this, like a, a tick on a dog. Uh, Last but not least, job numbers were really good in January. We got to be happy about where our economy is right now. Still strong, Dave. I mean, we've got more job openings continuing than uh, job seekers. Labor force participation rate, which is something in my economic background I follow so closely, it's back up over sixty-three percent. It had really slumped between the mid-2000s, even before the recession and the last decade into 1970s levels. So we're seeing payrolls increasing. We're seeing uh, wages increase. Uh, hourly earnings are up 3% um, year over year. Those are the kinds of numbers that make Americans uh, happy, and that's why I think the Gallup poll last week showed so much uh, satisfaction among the American families. Yeah, 90% are are uh, happy and, and and are positive about what their future is going to bring. That I haven't seen numbers like that in a long, long time. Nope. We just need to get this, uh, this rhetoric uh, toned down. Let's get a nominee for President Trump to run against, and let's have that contrast between going towards uh, a very left Democrat socialism set of policies coming out of the Democrats versus uh, maintaining a how to improve our very successful market-based capitalism system with a strong defense and a strong American foreign policy. Congressman, thanks so much for the time. Uh, keep uh, keep us up to date. If the, the you know the uh, Democrats keep shooting themselves in the foot, we'll we'll talk about it and let everybody know about it. We appreciate you. We'll never we'll never run out of things to talk about. All Take right. Care. Okay. Bye bye now, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Glad to hear that he's working so diligently on religious freedom as well uh, for the Coptic Christians uh, over in the Middle East. I'm glad to hear that. And then working with folks in the U.K. and uh, about uh, religious freedom, because I'm going to tell you what, they need uh, a good dose, uh, a, a, a spiritual awakening, so to speak, over in the U.K. And perhaps uh, Johnson uh, will be, you know, able to, to do that. We'll have to see. He's got things happening over there. So maybe he can, you know, grab things. I, I think interestingly enough, as you heard the uh, Congressman talking, uh, he's pretty, uh, it sounds to me, uh, engaged and excited with, you know, the, the number of votes that the president got at the, uh, uh, primary last night in New Hampshire, over 120,000. That shows a real energized party as far as the Republicans are concerned. And from listening to him, sounds like to me he believes uh, that this president uh, is going to have long coattails. And uh, with him being at the top of the ticket, uh, that the uh, lower ticket races, that for Senate, that for uh, Congress, uh, he's going to carry a lot of people along with him and hopefully – uh, we'll win the house back coming up in November, but there's a long way to that. I'll I'll keep you up to date on how that's uh, all moving forward here on uh, the Dave Ellswick show. All right, we've got to get a break in. We're going to take time to 
to get uh, Rush in. He's coming up with his update. We want to get that into you. Rush sounded really good yesterday. He sounded strong and uh, was excited. It would be interesting to hear what he has to say today. I hope he's here today. I, we don't get a, a, any information on whether he's going to be in or out. I don't know what his medical treatments are going to be like here this week. But if he's here, I'm I'm going to be interested to hear what he has to say about last night's New Hampshire um, uh, primary. To be honest, I can't expect that it to be much different than what I've been saying here during the first hour and uh, what our takeaways can be about all of that. All right, we got to get to uh, Rush and let him say his piece. Then uh, we're going to give you some traffic and some weather, and then we're going to come back here to the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. More coming your way. 101.1 FM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 